Matthew chapter 19, verse 13. Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. If you think about a typical playground on a typical day, you'll see that she's watching, right? She's watching, she's waiting, she's wondering. Mom is just there watching, right? The kids are playing and she's watching and waiting and wondering, are they going to be safe? Is it going to be okay? Is my kid being nice to the other kids? Are the other kids being nice to my kid? Am I going to have to intervene? Am I going to have to step in? She's wondering why she bothered to bring the book, that she can't turn her attention away from the playground to the book anyway, so why did she bother to bring it here just so she could bring it home again? But she's there and she, she's watching because she loves her kids and she recognizes that there are times when uh, she doesn't need to, the kids aren't paying any attention to her, so she doesn't need to be watching, but she's watching anyway. There are other times when the kid is going, hey mom, watch this, watch this, and they want her to be watching and seeing what's going on. But the reason that she's watching is because there are those other times when they are going to need her, but they don't recognize it until it's too late. Right? They don't know that they need her, but she knows and recognizes and anticipates that they need her. Right? That's why she's there. Some of you have had kids that you have uh, watched them and you've seen them and they have had needs, and so what did you do when they had needs? You, you took care of those needs, right? Or you said, I, I need to bring you somewhere where I can get you the help that you need when you have these needs. And today, we're going to see some people that are bringing children to Jesus, right? That's what's happening here in Matthew chapter 19. Now, at the beginning of chapter 19, in verse 1, it said, Now, when Jesus had finished these sayings, he went away from Galilee and entered the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Okay, so there's these large crowds, that's the context uh, for this, there are these large crowds that are, are gathered around Jesus in this area, and among those are children, right? There are people who have children there also. And those children, now in, in verse 13, it says, Then the children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. There are people, I'm, I'm guessing that they are parents, but it doesn't say that. It could be aunts or uncles or grandparents. It could be uh, friends or neighbors who are bringing these children to Jesus. And the reason that they're bringing the children to Jesus is because they want Jesus to lay hands on them and pray for them, right? And so I just, I wonder if at least some of these kids, when we saw in, in verse, uh, verses 1 and 2 of chapter 19, that, that the large crowds followed him there and he healed them there, if he, these aren't some of those uh, needs that these children are being brought because they also need to be healed, right? Maybe they're sick. Maybe there's something wrong and, and the parents or the grandparents or somebody is bringing these kids and they're going, oh, Jesus, these two, these two, can you, can you heal these kids also? Can you lay your hands on them and pray for them? 
so that they also might be healed? Maybe it was that. Maybe it was that they are looking for some kind of a blessing, right? They go, this, this guy, this rabbi, this, he has a special connection with God. And if I can just give everything to my kid, everything that I desire and want from my kid, if I can bring my kid to Jesus and Jesus puts his hands on them and he prays for them, then they will be blessed. Then they will be blessed in a way that is, is beyond what I could do, Right? the blessings that I can provide for them, the blessings that I could pray over them. I'm going to, Jesus seems like a really spiritual guy. I'm going to bring them so that Jesus can lay his hands on them and pray for them. Or maybe, maybe they are just so excited, right? All these crowds are hearing and seeing all of the things that Jesus is doing and everybody is excited and the parents are going, hey, come on kids, and they're just dragging the kids along. They're just dragging the kids along. We're going to go see Jesus. And the kids are going, I don't want to, right? I want to play with my friends. No, no, no. This is really important. This is really important. We're going to go see Jesus together. I don't know which of those it is, or maybe it's a mix of all of those. But whatever it is, these children are being brought to Jesus, and they're being brought to Jesus so that Jesus can lay his hands on them and pray for them. And some of you have been in that place, right? You you want what is best for your kids. You want the blessing for your kids. You want to fix the things that are wrong for your kids. And so you watch and you're worried, anxious, concerned, because they seem a little bit slow to do the things that we would expect them to be doing, right? They are slow to start nursing. They are slow to be gaining weight. They are slow to, beginning to, to begin to be able to be mobile and walk. They're a little bit slow to be able to speak and communicate. They are slow to self-soothe. They are slow to uh, understand words, be able to understand letters and read. They struggle with numbers. They struggle with staying uh, in self-control and disciplined in class. They struggle with their relationships with other kids. They struggle to gain independence. They struggle to figure out who they are. They're struggling to figure out who their identity and what their purpose is. They're struggling to get launched and be off on their own. And for some of you, those are things that you remember struggling through. And for some of you, those are things that you are struggling through right now. So what do you do? What do you do? As a parent, we want to do everything for our kids. We want to provide everything that they need. We want to just be able to fix it and make it right. But when the things don't happen the way that they're supposed to, we're going, I've I've done all the things. I read the books. I watched the YouTube videos. I read the blog articles. I talked to my friends. I listened to the podcasts. And then I tried to implement all of it for my kid. I tried to do all of it. Why isn't this working? Why isn't it working? Why aren't they responding the way that they're supposed to? 
you'd be willing to make all the phone calls, talk to all the people, spend all the money, put forth all of the energy, and use up all of the time if you could just get over this hump. But it's not in your power to do it. And I think that at least some of those people who were bringing children to Jesus on this particular day were those kinds of parents. I have tried all of the stuff. And I am at my wit's end, and I don't know what to do. Jesus, can you put your hands on them and pray? Can you just put your hands on them and pray that they would be healed, that they would be strengthened, that they would be able to figure it out? You know, the, the kid may or may not have any idea. They may get it. They may also be so frustrated and struggling, going, yes, please, anything, can we get done with this? And others of the kids, they might not have any idea that you are so worried and concerned. But you're bringing them anyway. Even those ones that don't have any clue you're bringing them along and you're going, Jesus, this one, this one needs your help. And the kid's going, what? But you're bringing them, bringing them to Jesus because it's the one thing that we can do. It's the thing that you and I as parents, we recognize that... Sometimes we get to the end of it, and this is the only thing that we can do. It's the only option we have left. And there are other times when we think that we have it figured out. I don't know how, right? I don't know how. At this stage in my life, for parenting as long as I have, that sometimes I still feel like, oh, I got this. And then it turns on me, and I go, ah, of course I don't got this. They are kids. So we bring them to Jesus. Jesus, they, they need you. They need you. Because they need it to be brought right there to them. It, it's not good enough just to go, you know, maybe if we have them in the vicinity of Jesus then they'll just absorb the blessing by being in the vicinity, right? Well, we sort of have Christian music on in the home from time to time, and so maybe they'll just sort of catch on to Jesus. Well, we bring them to church sometimes, and so maybe they'll catch on to who Jesus is. No, it's not good enough that these kids are just there in the crowd, right? There's huge crowds around. There are always kids around when there are huge crowds around, right? They're, they're, all these kids are, are, are there, but that's not good enough that they're just there among the crowds. These parents are going, no, we got to bring them right up to Jesus, they need to have a personal interaction with Jesus. They need to have Jesus' attention. They need to have Jesus' blessing. They need to have Jesus' hands laid on them and Him praying for them. 
And I think that, that sometimes as parents, we're just kind of hoping that if we're doing the right things that they're get, getting what they need. But sometimes I think that we just got to bring those kids right to Jesus. We've got to bring them right in. We need to bring them right in by praying for them. We need to bring them right in by praying with them. And that when they have challenges, we bring them right to Jesus and we go, you know what? The solution to these problems is Jesus. When we have this kind of a problem, we just go straight to Jesus. It's the thing that we are modeling. But even, even when, as parents, we're trying to do the right thing, and even when on those rare occasions we get it exactly right and we go, aha, I know, I see the problem, I see the need, I'm going to bring them to Jesus, and so I'm going to bring them into the, their presence, then even when we do all of that right, there are times that there are obstacles in the way, something that is keeping us from getting them all the way to Jesus. Hindrances. And in this case, that's exactly what happens. So in Matthew chapter 19, verse 13, it says, Then children were brought to him that he may lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people. The disciples rebuked the people. Why did the disciples rebuke the people? They don't like kids? You don't, you don't like kids? Hey, get those kids out of here. Or maybe the disciples just feel like the kids are distracting Jesus from the real work. <sighs> Why are we wasting our time with these kids? There's real stuff that needs to be done here. We need to do adult things here. The kids are just distracting they're getting in the way. They're making things harder. Maybe they feel like when the kids are there, their behavior isn't always, isn't always appropriate. Plus, they're just kids. They don't really understand what's going on anyway, right? They keep asking these questions because they don't understand, and it's distracting. Jesus is giving some really solid teaching here, and then they're asking these really basic questions. Come on, kid. Figure it out. If you don't know at least that much, then don't waste our time here. We're talking about real stuff. Jesus is a teacher for experts. He's a master teacher. You can go get your basic questions answered by anybody, but we're going to talk about the real stuff here. You know, kids grow up, and as kids are growing up, there's always the line, right? Must be this big to ride in the car without a booster seat. Must be this tall to ride the ride. Must be this old to uh, participate in this activity. Must be this big to be able to... Must be. Must be, must be, must be. Waiting. When can I be old enough? When can I participate? And sometimes I wonder if even in the church we have those lines, right? 
You must know at least this much about Jesus and the Bible to be able to participate here. You must have your life together at least this much to be able to come the rest of the way in and to see Jesus. You must be at least this old, this tall, this big to be able to come in and participate here. Because even when, even when the parents see the need and say, you know what my kid really needs is to have an interaction with Jesus one-on-one. There are times that in the church or in the life group or in the ministry, we go, yeah, but... We're dealing with adult things here. This is a space for adults. It's not that we don't like kids. It's just that we would prefer they weren't here. Because it's easier. It's easier if we can expect adult things from adults. But do you know that while the disciples rebuke the people for bringing the children to Jesus so that he might lay his hands on them and pray, Jesus says in verse 14, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. If we wondered If there was a line somewhere, you must be at least this old, this tall, this big, this knowledgeable, this capable to participate in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus goes, guys, what are you doing? My disciples, what are you doing? Let the little children come to me. Not just the big ones. Not just the mature for their age kids, but the little ones. Let the little ones come in. The disciples are going, do you know what kind of chaos we're going to get if there's kids running around all over the place? Jesus goes, yeah, they're kids. Bring them in. Bring them in. Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs this kingdom of heaven. Now, you may not remember because we preached on chapter 18 a long time ago. Some of you weren't even part of the church. You weren't even here the last time we preached on Matthew chapter 18. And those of you who were here and were part of the church, I don't expect you to remember back that far. But here's what he said in Matthew chapter 18, which is really only a few verses back. In Matthew 18, verse 1, at that time the disciples came to Jesus saying, which of us or who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. 
But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Here's what Jesus is saying. You have it all backwards and upside down. You think that for you to be a good Christian or for us to have good Christian community, we have to say, this is the line, must be able to cross this line, must be taller, more mature, more capable, have your stuff together at least this much to be able to participate in the community of God's people. And what Jesus says is, uh, you see this child here? You have to be able to get under the line like this child here. Wait a second. I'm very big. How am I going to get under that line? Jesus goes, you're going to have to humble yourself. You're going to have to humble yourself. If you want to get into the kingdom of God, it's not a you must be at least this tall. It's a you must be at least this small. You've got to be able to get under this. You need to take off your pride, take off your uh, self-centeredness, your um, self-promoting, I'm so great, I've got my stuff together, I'm mature, I'm doing it well, I've got my stuff together, why doesn't everybody else get their stuff together? You've got to be able to put all that stuff down, and like this child who needs everything, you need to come to me going, I need everything. I need everything. You see, I, I think that there are times that we look at adults and we go, aha, there is a standard of acceptability that we can hold when we have adults in the room. And when we see kids, we go, okay, yeah, we, okay we're going to just have to have a different standard here. And I think that God looks at us and Jesus looks at us and he goes, okay, we're going to have to have a different standard here. Because we think of ourselves as being so mature and capable. And Jesus goes, you are so dependent. You are so dependent. Sometimes we think as parents, you know, isn't it good enough that I earn the money and buy the groceries and put them in the fridge? There is food in the house. Feed yourself. And the kid is like, I'm hungry. <sighs> okay, so what I have to do then is not just get the food into fridge, but then get the food out of the fridge, prepare the food, put it on the plate, put it at the table, then call the kid come and sit and eat and then monitor and see and make sure that they do eat. Otherwise, said kid may starve. And I think that Jesus looks at the adults and he goes, oh my goodness, I have prepared everything for you and yet I have to humble myself and become a man. I have to die for your sins on the cross and call you and pull you and encourage you to come and receive me and accept me. And still you're over there going, I do it myself. All you big adults, I do it myself. 
you can't do it yourself. You weren't made to do it yourself. You were made to be dependent on him. And so Jesus says, you've got to be at least this small to enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, he says, going on in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the ninety-nine that never went astray. And so it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Do you know how much your Father in heaven loves you? Do you know how much you need your Father in heaven? So much for everything. We are so dependent on him for everything. And so then, when somebody comes in, they come into the Christian community and, and they are a child or an adult that doesn't have all of the knowledge and understanding that comes from years of experience in the church and reading the Bible. Jesus is saying, don't, don't despise someone like that. Because my Father in heaven delights every time that they come. He delights every time that they come. And having just said that in chapter 18, now in chapter 19, the disciples are seeing these kids coming to Jesus and they're going, whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out. No, 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 not you, not you, not, you're not here. Not right now. Maybe later, maybe later Jesus will have extra time, but do you see all of these crowds? We don't have time for kids here. No, 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 no. And Jesus is going, whoa, 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 guys. Guys, I just said don't despise the little ones. These, those ones right there, those are little ones. Didn't I just say that? I think I just said that. You guys are really slow to catch on. How many times do I have to say the same thing over and over again, guys? How many times do I have to teach you, guys? You are really slow. Okay, let me, let me put it to you again. Let the little ones come. Let the little ones come. Because I love the little ones. I love the little ones. The kingdom of heaven belongs to little ones. I love the ones who come and go, Hey! And they come running with the big hugs. I love the ones that are playing. I love the ones that they wear their emotions on their sleeve and they just tell you whatever they're thinking. Hey, Jesus, do you want to see? Yes, I very much do. Thank you. The ones who have no compo- no uh, in. Uh, thank you. 
<laughs> they have no inhibitions in coming and saying, I need this, right? They're not trying to uh, show that they're big. They're not trying to um, make themselves more than the, what they are. They're just coming to you and saying, I need this. And Jesus says, yes, that's what I want. That's what I want. Parents, have you been in that place before where you're like, would you just tell me what the problem is? Would you just tell me what you need? I am very happy to help. Just ask for help. And kid is there going, getting so angry, so frustrated that they can't do it. And Jesus is going, what are you doing? Why are you so frustrated? Why aren't you asking me for help? Why aren't you coming to me like a little child comes? Help, please. Help, please. That's a really basic prayer. We should be using it all the time. Like a little kid who's coming to Jesus. Help, please. This is hard. Help, please. I'm really struggling. Help, please. And we, like Jesus, should delight to have children in our midst. We should delight to have children in our midst. I love the energy of kids. I love to worship with kids. Have you noticed that we have kids worship with us on Sunday mornings? Do you know why we do that? So that we have energy in this room. So that we have energy in this room. Because sometimes when you come in, I don't think 10 o'clock is all that early in the morning, but apparently some of us in this room think that 10 o'clock is pretty early, and it's really hard for some of us to sing with energy. And so what we do is we just stock some energy around by bringing the kids in for the first couple of songs to get you primed, right? So that we can, can be excited with them so that we can celebrate with them, and so that they can celebrate with us. So that they can see what it is that we're doing here, right? We want to help them, and so we have classes next door during this part of the worship service so that they can have stuff that's directed directly for them, but we want them to participate in all of the church life. We don't see them as like kings and masters, right? There are times that sometimes in our culture, kids are kings and masters. They're the ones that whatever they need, whatever they want, that's what we do, right? They are not kings and masters here. But, but neither are they servants and despised. Because in the kingdom of God, kids are full participants, Children are full participants in the kingdom of God. And so we want them to be full participants in this church. We want them to be full participants. We, we will offer teachings and things specifically for them to help them specifically, but we also want them to participate with us and we delight to have them here. Right? We don't want to... I, I, okay, I'm just 
Some of, some of the adults, I know, sometimes it gets hard and distracting. But here's what I want for you to think every time it's hard and distracting for you to pay attention because there is a child in here. It's not about you. It's not about you. You see, when we start thinking it's about us, then we start getting annoyed when other people aren't at our level. They don't get it the way that we do or aren't participating in the way that we would like them to participate. And what they're doing happens to be distracting for us. And so we go, oh, we're wasting our time. And then like the disciples, we're like, oh, no, 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 no. Not you, not here, not right now. But we want them to participate. We want children to participate. We want people who don't understand what's going on to participate. And we want to walk alongside them and go, let me help you. Let me help you. You don't understand what's going on? I would be happy to explain what's going on. You're having trouble sitting for as long as that guy up front keeps talking? Let me help you. We, we want to be the kind of place that is welcoming them in. The people who don't know if they belong here. The people who walk in and they see the line and they go, uh-oh, I'm not sure that I qualify. And you go, no, 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 no. It's a get under the line, not over it. Everybody is welcome here. I I'm not sure if I'm dressed at the right level for this place. Oh, no, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Come on in. I don't know that I know what's going on. It's fine, it's fine, come on in. I might do the wrong thing in this room when it's really quiet. Come on in, come on in. They might make noise if I bring them in here. That's okay, my cell phone went off in church last week. We bring them in, we welcome them in. Because we want them to be here, just as Jesus is saying, don't pro put up any hindrance. Don't keep them from coming in. Allow them to come. Allow them to come. And he laid his hands on them, verse 15, and went away. They brought them to Jesus so that he could lay his hands on them and pray. And what he does is he says, oh, oh, don't stop them. Let them come all the way in. And he puts his hands on them. And he blesses them. And he prays for them. And he heals them. And he provides for them. How good is our God? How marvelous are his ways. How great his compassion. This is not in the text, but I just imagine Jesus going, finally, let's have some fun. Bring the kids. I'm so tired of arguing with Pharisees. Bring the kids. Let's have some fun. we recognize that not only did Jesus love them and want to bring them in, but also we are like them. We are like them. Even the adults in the room, 
Jesus says, you are children. You're children. Verse, uh, chapter, well, let me start with the book, because I'm going to switch books. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. But beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. Look, little children, we have not yet arrived. We have not yet been perfected. We have not yet been made mature to be like Christ. That day is coming, praise God. That day in glory is coming. But little children, for now, we are God's children. I love that John, when he's writing to this church, his preferred way of addressing those people is little children. Little children. We identify as little children when we come to God. For some of us, that's harder than for others, right? Some of us want to have our stuff together a little bit more than a little child, and so it's a little bit hard for us to be identified as a little child or to come to God as a little child. And next week, in fact, we will see a case study of somebody who has a hard time being like a little child. But in this place, little children, we know that we are loved by God. We know that He is our Heavenly Father. We know that we are completely dependent on Him. And for those of you in this room who are at the same time little children and parents, we know that our kids need Jesus too. And so we're going to be dependent on Him and we're going to run to Him with arms open wide, needing His provision and grace and love and bringing our kids with us. There are going to be times that they know that they need help. And when they know that they need help, we can come alongside and go, let's go to Jesus and get some help. And there are going to be times when they don't know that they need help, and then all the more, we just come alongside and go, let's go to Jesus, because we need help. And let's bring the little children to Jesus, whether the little children are this big or this big. Let the little children come to Him. And let's go now to Him in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we come to you because we are completely dependent on you. And Lord, we pray that in this place we would identify as little children who are completely dependent on you. And Lord, we pray for the children for whom we are responsible, 
We ask for your help in raising them and parenting them and supporting them and teaching them and guiding them and modeling for them what it means to be a part of your kingdom. We pray for your help for us in that and we pray for them. Lord, that you would put your hand on them and bless them. That you would heal them. That you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. With your fruit of the Spirit. We pray that you would fill them with your love, with your patience, with your grace, with your kindness, with your goodness, with your faithfulness. Lord, we pray that this would be a place where kids are safe, where kids are welcome, where kids delight to participate in the community of your people. Lord, may this never be a place where kids don't want to come and kids don't feel welcome. And at those times when the adults may have that kind of attitude like the disciples had. Lord, would you forgive us of that attitude? May we be, may we be quick to repent of that. Father, would your grace be sufficient? And may we in this place see children participating with the adults in serving and learning and loving that they might be full participants in the community of Christ. And we ask for your grace in this, in Jesus' name.